Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is Cats at Night, John Katsimatidis, and, and we have a great show for you today, and we're the people that put common sense together. This is a TriCast. We're on uh, WABC 770 on your dial, WABCradio.com, W-L-I-R, and on 970 AM, The Answer. So you could probably hear us in most of the East Coast, Canada, and Northern Europe. And we have with us a common-sense Democrat, Judge uh, Richard Weinberg, and a common-sense Republican, former Congressman Peter King, and on my side, on my right, we have uh, <laughs> my sidekick, right. <laughs> Lydia Serrani. And uh, thank you, Lydia. I mean, you guys stop kicking me and uh, well, don't, we, don't miss the leg. Well, we got a great show for everybody tonight. That's why you are the number one show, 5 o'clock with a million listeners. No, no, no it's not I am. We are. Oh, we All are. Of us. We are. We, we are, are a team. Yes, we are a team. We are a team. We're going to have Bill O'Reilly in just a moment. Then we're going to be speaking with Dean Pops. He is the former assistant army secretary and then the CEO of Goya Foods. Wait till you hear what Goya is doing for the Ukrainian people, as well as Ambassador John Bolton. We're also going to have Oksana Lada. She is an actress with family in Ukraine. So we're going to have be a soprano. Exactly. She was Tony Soprano's Gumad. How do you say it? Gumad? Right. I don't know. The, 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 Why are you looking at me? I'm twenty eight percent. I'm twenty eight percent Italian, but I don't know how to. Well, Congressman, you're from Long Island. Shouldn't don't you know what that means? You're practically Italian. Uh, I think you said it the right way. Okay, <laughs> his mistress Tony Soprano. Okay, well we got Bill O'Reilly on the line. He is a registered independent. He's also a prolific author, former history teacher, journalist, anchor, and what nineteen million books sold. The killing, killing series, right? Killing the killers now. Next. You are right once again, Lydia. Now, I've got to tell you something. I was up in Greenwich, Connecticut uh, last week, and there's a restaurant, Blackstones, and it's run by Albanians, and they're demanding that you come up there. Oh, wow. really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I mean, they don't care about me. They say, hey, <laughs> you're O'Reilly, right? I said, unfortunately, yes, I am. <laughs> you know, Lydia, you get Lydia up here to Greenwich, Connecticut right away. So I, I had I the same you. experience. In my Uber driver in Naples, Florida. Oh, my. Yeah, I've been getting a lot of restaurant requests. And people are telling me all over, you can eat here, here, here for free. So that's, well, they would that's... like it. And it's a good restaurant. Oh, so well. Blackstones in Greenwich. Oh, there you go. Did they comp your meal at least? I never take that. I know you I, wouldn't. I he, they tr- they tried, life. but they gave you free dessert at least. Did you at no, least take that? No, I didn't that? get any dessert. I just got, don't forget to tell Lydia. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I got. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, where the heck are we? Where, does anybody know the truth of what's going on? You know, that's a good question. I, I think I have a handle on it. Uh, the sanctions are working. Uh, the ruble uh, fell 30% again today. And if you are a Russian and you don't have a lot of money, uh, you're in trouble. So, you know... If you have a lot of rubles, you're in trouble. Yeah, well, nobody... Very few foreign 
people hold rubles. I mean, why would you do that? Yep. Um, but the people within Russia are getting crushed after five days of this. Uh, their stock market is down big. Um, but the most significant thing that my staff uncovered today, and of course we'll have this at 9 o'clock on uh, Common Sense on WABC Radio, is that the huge uh, China bank run by the Chinese government in Singapore, which does all the business in Southeast Asia on energy, has refused now to do business with any Russian companies. Wow, wow that's amazing So news. I don't think anybody's reported that but me. Um, and, and that and shows BP you Petroleum, that... BP Petroleum has uh, refu- refused to continue dealing with the Russian companies. Right. That shows you that China is not going to rescue them. So if Putin <clears throat> thought he was going to get solace from China or some kind of, uh, you know, joint... Um, is some kind of alliance it is not going to happen. So world opinion has turned almost 100% against Putin. And that's why I predicted he would not go into Ukraine, because everything that I knew was going to happen has happened. And I said, you know, this guy is going to destroy not only his country, but himself. So when Switzerland announced that they're going to freeze all the money that Russians have deposited in Zurich, that includes about $50 billion of Putin's money. But That's I know where he's got his money My intelligence to us is know where the money is. And what I'm telling you is absolutely true, correct? Uh, no, yeah, well, it's, it's probably uh, a, a lot true, but it's also in Bitcoins. So every well, okay. every drug dealer, every terrorist, every... Every prime minister that's stealing from his own country is putting the money in Bitcoin. So oh, that's interesting. If but he's we, got hard assets, John. You know that. Yes, of course. But what good uh, you is know, it? You, so, you can, so, you can so play does, that game to some extent. But so did Saddam Hussein. Good <laughs> like that did him. And you know that's the comparison I make tonight. I said, look, Russia's a much more powerful company than Iraq. What do you think is going to happen to Putin? So Putin can't just now say, hey, I'm going to pull out of there. I'm sorry. It was a big mistake. He's through. Is he He'll never, escalate? ever, never be taken seriously as a world leader again. He'll be denied every access to every meeting. And here's the most important thing for the Russian people. Their national soccer team just got booted out of the United Cup. Did you know that? No. Yes. World Cup. FIFA. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's beginning in March. And Russia has been expelled. Now, that's the only thing these people have, hockey and soccer, to watch. And you've got to assume the Russian people are not – they don't know what's going on. They're being told that Russia – they're winning and they were provoked. And, you know, the usual propaganda because there isn't free media in Russia. But now their soccer team – and they know that's coming because everybody would watch it, they can't compete. So all of these things are getting hurt. Inflation, the prime lending rate went from 95 to 20% over the weekend. So you can't borrow money there in Russia. So I think that you know Putin is done. I think that the uh, Russian military, they, they don't like him anyway. Um, you know, if I were Putin, I'd be I'd be washing my back over there. Or maybe and, taking and a I cyanide. Think, I don't think the Russian people, the Russian soldiers, want to kill their cousins 
uh, the Ukrainians. I mean, they're almost kissing cousins. You well, know? we all know what happened with Hitler, right? He was down in the bunker, the cyanide pill, and the gun to finish himself off. Maybe that's in Putin's future. It's a different. It's a different story, though, because Hitler had uh, a terror police apparatus through the SS and the Gestapo that were basically executing people on the spot. Putin does have a secret police, and it is against the law to protest against the government. And I guess about 10,000 people have all been arrested. They've been to demonstrations in 50 cities. But he doesn't have that apparatus that can gun down people in the street. So it's, a, it's going to be easier for the Russian people to overthrow Putin if they want to. Now, I, I just can't predict it. But all I can say to the WABC audience is this. Vladimir Putin has screwed himself. There isn't one positive for him coming out of this. Not one. But this is Pete King. There's one added thing. I was talking to a general who was very active in Iraq and other places over the years. And he was saying within the military, they don't think that the Russian army will have enough weaponry after the next four or five days to carry on a sustained attack. And that they are, again, the economy is poor. The, uh, they have very poor logistics. And even with the rockets and missiles, they're running low on them also. And also the worst thing that happened to Putin would be if they did win and have to occupy Ukraine, because there's no way they have to double their army to be able to occupy Ukraine. Can the Ukrainians hold out for another four or five days? We'll see. I don't know. Well, then, does anybody really know what, uh, what they spoke about uh, at the summit meeting uh, today? Oh, that's a bunch of bull. So the only reason that Putin did that was to tell the Russian people that he's not the warmonger that he initiated these, uh, this peace talk in Belarus. Um, the only thing that can happen here is that Putin would have to admit somehow that he screwed up and then he's pulling his troops back to the two. He's not going to get back to two far eastern provinces, Donbass, they're called. He won't do that. But he could pull out of the rest of the country and say, look, um, we got what we wanted and it's not worth it or something. So at this point, I just think it's a big loss for Putin. I, I, I don't see how he turns it around. It's a on. tremendous loss, not a big But here's tremendous. the problem. We're talking about Putin like he's a rational, sane individual. Well, you got to crush him now. Now he's got to be crushed. You can't just let him go back to being uh, dictator Putin. You got him now. You strangle him now. And uh, he's got to go. The lifting of the sanctions has to be tied into Vladimir Putin retiring. And if he doesn't, you keep the sanctions on. You keep squeezing them. Yeah. Governor like, Pataki. Like we said, deal, what, we, what good is the $100 billion dollars, uh, uh, he has uh, stashed away? Doesn't do it. Governor, so listen, oh. I don't care about Putin. He can go to Uganda like uh, Idi Amin did or wherever he went. I don't care about him. But I don't want him in there anymore because he actually mentioned nuclear weapons. You can't have a guy sitting there that he was, would consider using nuclear weapons. He's got to go now. It's over for Vlad. And if they don't boot him out, they're not going to get sanctions lifted. And let's see what you what you say six months from now when you don't have enough food to, be, to feed your people. Let's joining, see what you say then. Us, uh, Bill O'Reilly, joining us in the studio, he just walked in. We have Governor Pataki. Uh, uh, George, Pataki. Oh, I know. Governor hey, Pataki. Hey, hey, John. George Pataki. George yeah. Pataki. Well, you have been handling your eyes. Nice to meet you, then, Republican. I get it. I had <laughs> eye surgery again today. So. Well, that's what I'm being serious. He had eye, he, you, you might not be able to see. I, I had. Well, I can't see. I can't even read my uh, my text. text. I know. Um, and, uh, uh, Governor, are you running 
for governor again. Well, I'll tell you, no. Um, there are a lot of good candidates out there, and I'm sure one of them will get the nomination tomorrow and uh, run a very good race. But now, right now, it should all be about Ukraine. This is a massive catastrophe you're, for the you're people from of a, Ukraine. You're from, your family is from an area near the Ukraine. It's right from now. Hungary. That's right. Within 10 miles of the Ukrainian border, and I've been over that border into Ukraine numerous times. And this is just a horrible, horrible, barbaric act by Putin. And I listen to Bill O'Reilly say how Putin's in trouble, and I agree. And I think ultimately he's the big loser. But right now the losers are the people of Ukraine. Yes, they have inspired the world. They are fighting courageously. We all admire them uh, and Zelensky. Uh, But they're getting killed, and we have to ratchet up and do every single thing we can to force the end of this war uh, as quickly as possible. Because I fear tonight, you know, there are columns, new columns of massive Russian armaments and troops going in around Kiev. I, I don't think Putin was going to do anything stupider than that. Well, I, I don't think so either. Yeah. But, I mean, but he's, been, another, he's been doing it, John. Another two or three days, uh, they, they're bringing in weapons that uh, are used – in massive ways, not just against military targets, but against areas. And, Buster bombs. And, and yeah, and the, the, the comments coming out of uh, Kharkiv is that they have used cluster bombs, which are not capable of targeting military having, things. Uh, about 530, we're having another family call in uh, from uh, – from Ukraine. Tell us who's calling in. Right. Oksana Lada. She is an actress. She was on The Sopranos most famously, and she's going to be calling in about her whole family's there. She has also relatives in Kiev. and it's, Very close it's, relatives. So. Right. Her sisters, her parents, and it's it's devastating. They're afraid for their lives. Children are she's being killed. She's going to be giving us an eyewitness report. About 400 people so far have been killed. Civilian casualties that we know of, correct, well, in I, Ukraine? I That's, find it hard to believe it's, it's only, only 400 four, when you look at the horrible... Uh, pictures coming out of there. And I I just think we have to look to do more. We have to look in Russia itself to destabilize Putin, whether it's social media or or other ways to get information out. We should be trying in every way possible to show these pictures to the Russian people and just aggressively undermining Putin's support back home while we support Ukraine and Ukraine as much as we can. You know, Hitler didn't wake up one day and become Hitler, right? It took a few years. Remember 1938, 39, 40? And back then, the world, it took months for the news to get around. Now everything is instantaneous. We know exactly what's going on. Could you imagine if it was back in right. 1938, we didn't have the social media that we have now? Instantaneous news. You know, the fact that countries like Sweden and Finland are talking about joining NATO shows how much Putin is antagonizing the world. We've got to take advantage of it. Bill, of, Bill O'Reilly, uh, 9 o'clock, you'll be on tonight on WABC Radio on 770 and wbcradio.com worldwide. Um, what is uh, President Biden going to say tomorrow night? He's got the State of the Union. Does he know what the state is? Yeah, I think what he'll do is deflect all the problems in the United States to Ukraine and then tell everybody that he has been the leader that has organized the sanctions and are going to take Putin out. I think that's what he'll do. Because, you know, there, you got to give Biden some credit in the sense that um, NATO responded to him and the sanctions seem to be working. So that's what he'll, his lead will be. I, I don't think he's going to talk about the border or violent crime or inflation here. He'll blame inflation on Putin probably. 
you know, that kind of thing. Um, but they all do that. The State of the Union is a state of propaganda. No, no matter who the president is, he gets up there, puts a happy face on it. Um, and, you know, that doesn't do the American public very good because after the Ukraine thing subsides, we're still back to where we are in a country that's deeply divided and the policies of the Biden administration are not working. You know, I'll, I'll give you one more. I ask all my liberal friends a very simple question because, as you all know, I am a very simple man. Give me one policy, one, that Joe Biden has instituted in his 14 months in office that has helped the country. Not one. You can't name one. Now, they'll go into flights of fantasy about global warming and about equity and about, you know, all this stuff. And you're looking at him. Just give me one thing that he's done that's worked to improve our lives. One. And you can't do it. It's not there. So in the State of the Union, that's the fact. But he's not going to mention any of that. He's just going to go, we'll kick Putin's butt. And it's because of me. And I'm a great leader. And so that's what we'll get tomorrow night. Well, Bill O'Reilly, thank you so much for uh, calling in again today. And we'll be listening in tonight at 9 uh, o'clock. And um, we look forward to listening to you. All right, John. I want you to tell everybody what the ratings are at 9 o'clock. Have you ever seen anything like that? The ratings are at an all-time high. And, uh, by the way, those are January ratings. February, you haven't seen anything yet. All wow. of the February shows is going to be high. All the shows, John Katzmatidis, thanks to you and Chad and Emily. I mean, the what and Marvel, whole, of course, what you guys have WABC done. The whole WABC team, the whole WABC hosts, record, rec, record, uh, the weekend records are unbelievable. The Long Island Report, don't forget that. Oh, especially that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for putting me on, John. I really Thank appreciate you, it. And uh, we'll talk again next week. We all win together, Bill. Cheers. Thank you. And uh, we're going to take a break. And uh, what are we going to come back with? Are we coming? We're coming back with Oksana. Oksana Lada. Is that that next? That's what they're telling. That's what the control room is telling me. Oksana Lada. Oksana is at the uh, Ukraine. Right. She's going to give us an eyewitness report of what's going on in Ukraine. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Welcome back to the John Katsimatidis Cats at Night show. We've got a full studio tonight. we got Congressman Peter King. We have a Congressman George Pataki. We have Judge Weinberg. Governor. 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 Don't insult governor. him like that. Oh, my he's God. A, he's a state senator, and then he was governor. <laughs> Sorry. Former, former mayor of Peekskill is what I got. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm trying mayor. to go too fast. And then Judge Weinberg, we have John Katzmatidis, and on the line with us right now, we have Oksana Lada. She is a very well-known actress. She was in The Sopranos, and you have a lot of family in Ukraine. You're talking to them every single day about what's going on, what are they seeing, and what are they going through? Yes, that's correct. Uh, all my family um, spread in different towns in, and cities uh, in Ukraine. My family is in Western Ukraine, but also I have many family members uh, that live in Kiev right now. So, for example, the first day when it all started, um, around my grandfather's house, the military plane just, you know, was shot nearby and fell from the sky. That's what they're living right now. They're living with the rackets shooting constantly. They're living in, uh, in you know, it's, I can't even imagine, honestly. Uh, for the first Probably three days or four days, I couldn't stop crying, and then I got very angry. But um, 
I don't know what's, what, what else. What, what was it, who was shot down? Was it a Russian airplane or a Ukrainian airplane? Russian, Russian military plane was shot. We have actually pretty good, you know, um, not great defense system, but even with what Ukraine has, they doing, they do an amazing job, I think. Um, Oksana, and, do you uh, feel like President Biden has let the Ukrainian people down? Uh, I do. I do. Yeah, I know. Governor May I say this? Yes, please. All my relatives, I have three sisters, cousins that live in Kiev. They're married and they have already children that are 20s. So all their husbands are right now defending Kiev. And my cousin's son, who's only 20, decided that he's going to do the same. Okay? So that's what these people are dealing with. My sister decided not to leave because she said, I have to be here. So, you know, I mean, I'm sure they let a lot of, uh, you know, women with children um, go to refugee camps, and it's understandable. But I also want to say that the bravery of Ukrainian people is staggering. So this country should do just, you know, not that they're not helping. They just have to they just have to help faster because every day is, you know, counts because every day there are more and more people die there. And that's just heartbreaking for me. Like when I watch it, my heart goes to people of Ukraine. Um, yeah. Are the, are the Russians, what do you hear from your relatives? Are the Russians still progressing or they are standing still? What, what's really going on? No, no, no. They don't stop. They don't stop. Russians don't stop. They have, you know, they put a huge military. Uh, we have 3,000 kilometers of borders with Russian, Ukraine has. And now the Belarusia joined the forces. So they're pretty much the small country defending itself and Europe. And the scale of it is, is huge. And uh, I, you know, and that's why it's so important that this help will come faster. Because every day counts. Yeah, Governor Pataki Aksana, this is George Pataki, and you're absolutely right. And I think uh, Biden has failed horribly. Uh, you talk about getting the support there earlier, uh, and we should have been ready for this. Uh, our in- country was saying 100% they're going to invade, and yet we did nothing except l- move our embassy out. I honestly think Biden – thought that the Ukrainians wouldn't fight the way they have. And they have inspired the entire world with their courage. And they have basically forced us to help them with sanctions and now sending armaments. But uh, it's been, believe it or not, the, the EU, Germany, and countries like that that have led the way this weekend, they passed massive sanctions. They authorized military assistance while Biden was home in Delaware. And this morning, he piggybacks on their sanctions. Uh, what he offered to Zelensky, as everybody knows, was a way to get out of Ukraine. Uh, and he thought that the Ukrainians wouldn't fight and that it was worth, worthwhile to, to save Zelensky. Well, Zelensky is fighting. The Ukrainians are fighting. And they have basically shamed Biden into providing the support that we have so far, but we should be doing far more. The people of Ukraine deserve all of us doing everything in our power, including expanding sanctions, looking at uh, cyber warfare to shut down some of their military apparatus, sowing information throughout Russia as to the war criminal that Biden is. Uh, We have to be more aggressive in defending the, uh, the Ukrainian people who are defending our way of life. 
And Governor Pataki, had you not gone in along with uh, Congressman King, as well as then uh, President Bill Clinton into Kosovo and saved the Kosovo people from being slaughtered by by the Serbs. I mean, God only knows where where we would be right now. I mean, we it's up to us as human human beings to stand up for what is right. Oksana. Uh, I'm sorry, I just what was the question? How do you feel like at at this point, do you feel like the world should rally around Ukraine just simply because we we should stand up for human beings, for one another, for what is right in the world? Oh, my God, of course. I already went to a few rallies here. Of course, that is the most important thing. And the other thing I also want to say, before all this war happened, I stopped watch to watch American news because, you know, they were they really were ready that Ukrainian just going to, you know, you know, don't even do anything. And I was telling to all my friends, don't underestimate Ukrainians. Don't you ever underestimate Ukrainians, the people that love their country. And yes, yes, absolutely. We should support it with any way we can. World War Two, one Greek division held off six German divisions. Wow. And well, how do you say well right now it's the Ukrainian people, the people like your relatives who aren't even in the military, who are holding off this massive Russian army. God bless the Ukrainians. How do you say it's Slava Ukraine? Slava Ukraini, Heroe of Slava. And please, guys, whoever whoever has power, I know you probably have more you know, access. Please try to help as much as you can and faster. We just need it faster. They will fight, but they need help faster. Because, you know, when they make decisions, it takes forever for it to be implemented. Yes. So that needs to be faster. That's all. Congressman King, any closing remarks? I just I fully agree with George Pataki. Nobody could have stated it better. George, uh, Lydia, this is something that has to be done. Putin is evil. Ukrainians are freedom-loving people. We have to stand with them. That's it. Well, thank you so well, much, Oksana. And then you speaking out is is doing a lot, and we will support you and help you in any way we can here at WABC Radio. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Now on the line, we have with us former Assistant Army Secretary Dean Pops. Uh, um, Assistant Army Secretary, we were just talking before about the cluster bombs. Is this true? Well, it appears to be. And uh, good evening, everyone, um, on the last day of February. Um it appears to be true, yes, and and we should remember that uh, cluster bombs are kind of an old weapon. For for your listeners, um, they should think of it as a, a canister with many dozens of bomblets inside of the canister. And when the canister hits the ground or hits the target, those bomblets will go out and and re and explode again. So it's a very powerful and lethal and uh, brutal weapon. There has been a, a convention um, treaty of over 100 nations that have signed on to, to not using cluster bombs, uh, which, by the way, there's always a percentage that don't explode. So those bomblets stay on the ground, and that's where you get all of the unexploded ordnance that later, years later and decades later, hurts children and others who, who find these, these unexploded ordnance. Um, we, um, we, we are not, the, the U.S. is, interestingly enough, not signatories to the uh, anti-cluster bomb convention. Neither is China, neither is Russia. And, and I think that um, although under President Bush, under whom I served, there was a uh, pullback of the cluster bombs in terms of manufacture 
and putting them back into depots and demilitarizing them. President uh, Trump in 2017 said that uh, he wasn't going to not agree to not use them. All right. So because he was looking at China and Russia and that's really the predicament that we're all in. The, the bottom line on the U.S. position is that we basically don't make them anymore, and we've started to seriously demilitarize the ones that we have. So we're, we've got, and especially because our our uh, armaments and our munitions have gotten so precision as opposed to these wide swaths, and so therefore we've gone basically to rearming cluster bombs with with unitary bombs. So I think that's the history of it that you have to understand. And then really uh, a bigger picture of Governor and and Chairman King, uh, the bigger picture is that both China and Russia have military doctrines of unconstrained warfare. In other words, in the doctrine of warfare, they state simply that they will not be constrained by anything. They will not be constrained by biochemical, by, by, by nuclear, uh, or by cluster bombs, or, or any such thing. So it's a way of signaling to the rest of the world, as perhaps Putin is signaling now, that there isn't anything that I won't use in my, in my arsenal. Dean, based on your military experience, and certainly as Assistant Secretary of the Army, how long do you think Putin's army can survive if this goes on for four, five, six, seven days before they run out of ammunition or run short on, on supplies? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't see them running out of ammunition. I, I you know, I, I see them eventually. I mean, if this turns into a, into a five, six, seven month ordeal for them, uh, they're they're going to run out of money. Uh, you can you can remember, Congressman, how much money we spend in Iraq and Afghanistan, and this is, uh, he's got a much much smaller economy. This is going to break the bank for him, especially if all the sanctions prevail and so forth. Also, so I think could that, they could they afford to occupy the country? Assuming the worst, I, I don't think they so. prevail. I don't see how they could. It's uh, as big as I really don't. Texas. No, yeah, no, they they they, they couldn't, and uh, and I and I don't think they have the forces to prevail. Uh, to occupy. That's a very, think of it the size of Texas. And he's gone in with a, with a force of about 130,000 or so. That's, that's roughly equivalent to, you know, what we went into with in, in Iraq. And, uh, and you could see that we really could not occupy. All right. We could, uh, we could execute a regime, regime change, which we did. And then the occupation slowly turned into a little bit of uh, more than a little bit of an insurgency, particularly in the north and also in Basra in the south. And you could see the predicament we were in for the next 12 years. So um, it's a it's a it's going to just just from a tactical standpoint, this is a very, very tough slog. I also read some accounts today in uh, foreign press that uh, various uh, special forces groups like uh, of retirees like SAS, uh, British SAS, are forming up uh, under private military contractors that are being paid for by certain European interests. To, uh, to go across the borders, and uh, these guys are excellent snipers and excellent anti-tank uh, artists, if you will, and uh, who knows? So I think this is a, this is a tough, long slog. But I, I did see the reports and saw some pictures about the cluster bombs and, and thought that really it was an act of, of desperation on their part, because that's, that's sort of the last thing you do when you can't get out of the predicament you're in. And Secretary right. Pops, uh, what, what do you think about the Zelensky? Will he, make out of, will he make it out alive? I mean, we're hearing about hundreds of mercenaries being sent 
in order to yeah, kill him. I, he's he wants to stay with his people. He's emerged as, as this amazing hero. Well, I, I was listening to the the last part of your call on the previous caller, and uh, I, I really think that Zelensky is going to come across as a modern day Leonidas at, at, at Thermopylae. That whatever the outcome, uh, his stand, his stand to the last man, if you will, mass man and woman, will be will be remembered in history, and he has inspired an entire continent, if not an entire world. So I think that uh, he woke he, up the he, Europeans. He he, he absolutely did. did. And so, you know, John, maybe this is just that moment in time that was just destined to happen. There have we all talk about it. There has to be there's got to be a moment in which uh, somebody when are we going to wake up? Well, I mean, maybe this is the wake up moment. Is Joe Biden going to say to us uh, tomorrow night? I did it all. I'm just hoping he can stay awake on the podium for the rest of the day. I'll, I'll tell you, if he says that, you know, I'm going to have a hard time not smashing my television. You know, Zelensky has shown enormous courage. Biden wanted to fly him out of town. You know, uh, he, he did so successful with the uh, abandonment of Afghanistan. He wanted Zelensky to do that with Ukraine. Thank God they have Zelensky and not Biden leading Ukraine. Governor, I'm telling you, this is going to be remembered like the Alamo. It's going to be remembered in history like Thermopylae. It's going to be remembered like uh, all other tremendous historical stands. Well, the good news uh, is Biden can't remember anything. (laughs) I I will tell you, with regard to helping them, I I went to a Ukrainian Orthodox church uh, Sunday. I just decided to, to drop in. And I will tell you that for all your listeners, that those churches have their ethnic means and they're working with the, the uh, Ukrainian ambassador to the United States. And they, they are taking up relief funds and things like that. So right now, money is about the only thing that, uh, you know, at least civilians can transfer over there and so forth. But that's, that is one place if people are asking, well, where could I help if you, if you see or know of a Ukrainian church, either Catholic or Orthodox, they are they are uh, conducting um, relief fund drives. We have somebody on uh, our next guest is going to be telling us uh, how he's getting uh, food over there. Right, the CEO uh, of Goya. But uh, uh, Dean Pops, uh, former Assistant Secretary of the Army, thank you so much for everything you've done for our country and continue to speak out for our country. And we'll catch up again real soon. Good talking to you. Thank Dean. you, John, and all you patriots. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll come back with Babu Nanway, the CEO of Goya Foods. Talk Radio 77 WABC. John Welcome back to the John Katzmatidis Cats at Night Show, the number one show at five o'clock. John, I'm very proud of that because we we've come a long way because we simply tell the truth. Northern Canada, all the way down to Miami and Northern Europe, and and absolutely, I have a Facebook fan friends and and, and Pigsco. and And I just wish I just wish they could hear us in Ukraine. Yes. Someday. Okay. Well, we have on the line with us right now the CEO of Goya Foods, Bob Yunanwe, and he's always a giving guy. And you are once again stepping up to help. You always help in the moment of crisis. It's called Goya Cares. Tell us, Bob Yunanwe, what is Goya doing now for the people of Ukraine? Well, congratulations and love you guys. And I, I guess they gave you the, my last name pronunciation, but Bob is good. But you do a great job with that. Uh, <laughs> that's you know, I'm that's old why enough I to let remember. Olivia do it. 
Um, So I'm old enough to remember Laurel and Hardy. And, uh, you know, the line was, well, Ollie, this is another fine mess you've gotten us into. And, uh, you know, a lot of this goes back, I'm going to say, until – to 2020. But first of all, you know, we are, we've mobilized, we have Goya's presence in Europe, and we're mobilizing food, uh, a few hundred thousand pounds over to Poland, to the to the front line, you know, water, food, and, and things like that. There's a lot of organizations going, but the need is immediate, uh, and it's critical. So we're uh, already uh, sending a product uh, from uh, Spain, for example, and Miami, which they'll be flying product in uh, through different organizations. And some of these organizations are also even going to go in. There's talks about these orphanages where the staff left and left these kids in there, so they're going to go in and rescue. So there's some just great, wonderful people out there. But this goes back, if you ask me, uh, and you might not be asking, but uh, to 2020. And here we were cruising. We were a, a noble country. We were respected. We we're oil independent, and you know we were we we're doing great. But because of greed, because of the thirst for votes and power, you know, if you see the the theater, the the play Aladdin, the genie says to Aladdin, Aladdin, never drink from the cup of greed, money, or power because you will never be satisfied. And this is what we're seeing. So we've given up our oil independence because, you know, we we threw an election and our thirst for votes and power has thrown this country into the worst disaster. I've I've been saying 2022 is going to be the worst year because we're seeing the results of the supply chain crisis, inflation out of control, you know, that we've been locked up. We should have never locked ourselves up. And we find ourselves now in this situation where they've killed our spirit. You know, you study, you, we have this incredible life so we can produce and give back. When these, the few that are controlling the many that don't give a crap about black lives, brown lives, any lives, they want to just control and have the vote. They want to photo op. On 9-11, we pull out of Afghanistan and leave 12-year-old girls to be taken as, uh, as as wife slaves. It's horrendous. We don't look any better than these thugs that are moving into the Ukraine. We need to get back, move uh, uh, toward God and not away from God to respect to respect life, to defend life around the world. And what we've done is the opposite. We've moved away from God, we've looked at greed, and we've lost our stature as the greatest nation on the face of the earth. We've lost our moral compass, too, because you have a United States Senator, Senator Sanders, and a member of Congress, AOC, saying the reason that the Ukraine was invaded is because of... America's imperialism. Have you ever heard such oh ridiculous nonsense? Well, well you've got to look at history. Is in 2008, what did Putin do? Look at what he did uh, in 2014. It's when oil was at an all-time high, and that's why he made his move again. Like you said, Bob, Unanwe. Did I say it right now? Unanwe? Yes. You, know, okay. you said it right from the beginning. Oh, oh, okay, You're good. great. Oh, good. You know, and, and you know it's the art of the deal. I'm sorry. The, the, you know, Trump... The art of the deal. We showed our hand. We showed our hand in Afghanistan that we didn't give a crap about right. about. We left 
we took the army out and the men, and we left, and we let all these people come in. We left the women and children back there to be slaughtered and, and Bob, raped. Bob, this is terrible. George, Bob, this is George Pataki. I guess you didn't hear Biden say it was an enormous success. Um, you know, but that's typical of his administration. And you know, you talked about Bernie Sanders and AOC blaming America. You have John Kerry. And national global television concerned about the climate impact of the war in Ukraine. You know, no I mean, how, purpose, how bats is that? Well, Jen Psaki also about... said the White House press secretary was specifically asked, hey, you know, we're hearing from Senator Tom Cotton and all the GOP and the Republicans. They're saying if you want to stop Putin, you need to drill, 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 open the spigots because we're funding this war. And you know what she said? No, no, no. We got to move towards more renewable energy, yeah, which in is the midst, decades in away. In the midst of a war, when countries when we haven't imposed sanctions on Russia's oil and gas, which we should do because we're afraid of the consequences to Europe. Right now, there are six applications to export natural gas from the United States to Europe pending that have been pending for over a year. And the Obama administration or the Biden administration has done nothing. And, you know, I look at uh, Bob, you mentioned the campaign the last time Biden was hiding in his basement during a campaign. Um, Zelensky is walking the streets of Kiev during a war. If you ever want him to see a difference in leadership, that's the only image. And you John Katzmatidis, you said you said that the prices we're seeing now are based on what price? Well, for based oil? on seventy-five, eighty dollars a barrel today. It's ninety-five. So fasten your seatbelt for March. And what, what happens when the price of oil goes up in March and the price of gasoline goes up? Well, I'm going to ask uh, Robert. Uh, and I'm not going to say his last name. <laughs> I mean, what is going to be the effect on price increases in food in March? Oh, no, no. The, the price, you know, you're going to see maybe 125 150 a barrel. And it, it has an effect on everything. The supply chain is, you know, inflation is, is out of control. We're funding if, you that want, war. if you want climate change, you wait till we have a nuclear war and there's going to be a lot of climate change. But, that, I mean, that helps ridiculous can you be these people they they're they're in a bubble they don't care, they don't care. Uh, you know we, we we live in a in a world we we need if the united states goes we all go and 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 i hate to say it but the united states is going we got to turn this thing around november we got to turn this around in november we have to save our country this november nationally and we have to save new york city new york state uh, this November, otherwise we are in deep, deep, deep doo-doo. And uh, uh, Bob, thank you so Amen. much, and I hope to see you in New York real soon. And God bless you, and God bless America, what you what you do. And we have to take a break, cause I, and I think we got Ambassador Bolton. We're going to go straight to Ambassador we John have to Bolton. Go straight to Ambassador okay, Bolton. let's go to. Thank you, Bob. I just love you all, and, and congratulations. Thank you, Ambassador Bolton. Are you there? No. He's there now. Okay. What is the latest? Is uh, Ukraine able to hold back Russia? I mean, what, what's the status so far? Well, not much has changed, actually, in the past several days. The Ukrainians have, have put up a very stiff resistance. Uh, no, nobody can say that they haven't done everything they they could do within the limits that have been imposed on them to defend their country. Uh, and the Russians have made some, some pretty big mistakes. I think it's clear they went after too many objectives with too little force early. They didn't concentrate their forces. And from all we can tell from media reports and the social media, their logistics uh, is uh, it ha- have not improved as much as everybody thought they had. The people they've put in are not uh, apparently sometimes even sure they're in Ukraine, so the troops are not trained well. 
But I have to say more reinforcements from Russia are coming and whatever success the Ukrainians have had, and we can only hope they have more. I don't think we can count on this resistance from from holding up for a long time. And time really is on Russia's side here. So uh, that we may we may be getting bad news. I hope that's Uh, wrong, but uh, we better be prepared. Are, is the European countries that promised the jets yesterday, Sunday afternoon, sending in jets to defend uh, uh, Kiev or Kiev? Kiev. Well, I, I'll, I'll believe that when I see it, honestly. I mean, I think uh, uh, the, the whole idea of doing a no-fly zone, which President Zelensky has talked about, uh, I think would make some sense. But I think that the odds of the Biden administration considering it seriously – uh, are pretty remote. And uh, unless he's willing to do it, I mean, I've been hearing in the past couple of days complaints from European countries that they are actually now getting tougher on sanctions, certainly far tougher than they've been in the past, and that it's the Biden administration that's holding them back, uh, especially in the key energy sector, uh, which would be a, a real shot to the Russian economy uh, if we took it uh, and and we haven't been willing to take it. Well, Ambassador, this is George Pataki, and yes, I think the Biden administration has been following the EU, Germany, and other countries' leads on sanctions. At the beginning, you said the Ukrainians are doing incredibly well given the restrictions under which they are fighting. What are those restrictions? Are there limitations that have have been placed on them, or is it simply the absence of material and enough soldiers? Well, it's it's the material and the soldiers. You know, I I think – uh, the West as a whole made a big mistake over the several months before this invasion, uh, n- not to, not to see what uh, what what was coming and and to plus up the uh, Ukrainians' uh, arsenals to do more training with them. I mean, we had a situation last week where President Biden essentially said at one of his news conferences that he never thought that the sanctions he was threatening would stop the Russians. That he didn't he didn't believe in deterrence. Now he contradicted himself a few minutes later, as, as is typical in his press conferences. But it seemed to me that he was all but admitting that he didn't do enough to stop this. And uh, you know that's what that's the price the Ukrainians are paying. Now. My my wife Margot says uh, President Biden says let's give it thirty days. Yeah. She says she says the Ukrainians don't have thirty minutes. What do you mean thirty days? Yeah, that's let's wait. Let's look thing. in thirty days and see if the sanctions are working. By the way, Biden actively lobbied against the Republican efforts in Congress a month ago to try to provide assistance to Ukraine, and and the Democrats blocked it in Congress. And those uh, chickens, sadly, are coming home to roost in Ukraine. I hope politically they come home to roost on Biden and his party. Ambassador Bolton, do you think that Putin is deranged, that he's becoming mentally unhinged? I mean, we're hearing from former Ambassador McFaul. That's what he's He's alleging and a lot of people are talking about it because any rational human being would not have done what Putin has done thus far. Well, I don't uh, I've I first met Putin in October of 2001, right after 9-11, when I went with Donald Rumsfeld to talk to him about help we needed from Russia to get the Taliban. And I've met him many times since then. Uh, I think he's a coldly rational person. Uh, I don't buy the uh, psychological uh, explanations because I think you can be a perfectly rational person and make mistakes. And I think he's clearly made a mistake here. What what is on his mind and the minds of many of his advisors that we don't understand enough, I think, is how passionately they feel that Ukraine is part of Russia. Now, the Ukrainians happen to feel just as passionately, most of them, that Ukraine is not part of Russia. 
But in Putin's calculus, reestablishing Russian dominance in the space of the former Soviet Union has been a big priority for over 50 years. Uh, and I think that's what motivated him. But making a mistake or miscalculating or having an army that runs out of gasoline after two or three days is not the product of mental derangement. It's just poor planning. It's dumb. Uh, we have to take a break. Uh, Ambassador Bolton, thank you for keeping all Americans uh, informed. And uh, we'll be talking to you again real soon to see what the heck is going to happen. Okay, I'll be in touch. Thank you. And, uh, let's take a break. And we'll have in and we'll... Uh, well, there's something going on in New York uh, the next few days. Is the uh, Republican uh, GOP... Um, Convention. Uh, convention. County. To find out who's going to be the next governor, and we have Craig Eaton going to be calling in live from there. So let's take a quick break and come right back. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Welcome back to the John Katz Matidis Cats at Night Show. There's something going on in Nassau County. Craig Eaton, what's going on? Tell us all about it. The state GOP convention. Good evening, everybody. It's great. We went there last night. John was there with me last night. I've been there all day today. There's a lot of energy in the room, a lot more than the last few cycles. People here are hungry for a change. Today we heard from great Governor George Pataki, who gave a rousing speech. Um, this morning uh, we, they selected Joe Pinion by over 90% for U.S. Senate. They picked Paul Rodriguez, who had no op for controller, and this afternoon, uh, Michael Henry was the designee for attorney general. Uh, we saw our great pollster, John McLaughlin, was there. And uh, we're looking forward to tomorrow, uh, tomorrow morning, when they'll be looking at the uh, lieutenant governor and the governor positions. I just got an email to say, get, bring back Governor Pataki. Do you well, know that? I'm getting emails. Well, Craig, <laughs> Sign Craig, this. Craig, Governor Pataki run. Craig, I was out there, and I've been to a lot of Republican conventions, and this is one of the most exciting and energized one I've seen. Yeah. You know, yes, it was in it Nassau is. County where you have Bruce Blakeman uh, having uh, led the Republican sweep and everything. Did and my what, daughter speak? I didn't. Uh, yes, yes, she did. Yes, she did. She, she nominated one of the candidates. She did a great job. She looks beautiful as usual. Wow. I haven't and, seen it yet. And, and, you know, the governor's right. Well, that, you can't John, see anybody. The, the energy in the room today is, is, is amazing. We, we're on to something here. There was a lot of energy in the room uh, last night, too. Uh, uh, and the, the one thing I've said to all of them, don't give 11 different uh, uh, problems to, our, uh, to, the, to, to all the citizens. One problem, keep New York City yep. safe. And if, if you yep. keep it simple, what do they teach us in the Army, the Navy, or whatever? Keep it simple, stupid. Kiss. Kiss. They teach you that in journalism <laughs> school, right. too. One thing, get New Yorkers to feel safe walking around the streets. Get New Yorkers uh, safe to feel taking the subways. And that, that's all That's all the people want to hear. Enough is enough with Albany. My God, did you see about that woman that was waiting for the train and a ransom guy came up yes. to her and put a bass? Did you see that? I mean, this uh, is the state get, of that we are in, and they wonder why. You get hit by a hammer one 16 day, times. Time steps in another. And, and the, you know, it goes back to the thing. They come over from New Jersey, commit crimes, and then go home for dinner. They come over from New Jersey, yeah. get caught committing crimes, and they still go home for or dinner. Or these people have numerous, numerous arrests under the heads of our regressive politicians. They're al it's, allowed to roam the streets. It's 48 strikes, and you still don't strike out. 
And we have a district attorney well, John, who won't uphold the law. And what about a governor who won't who won't who re- will change the law? Thank you. Hey, Craig, well, this is Pete King. Go ahead. I, I, I was there yesterday at the Platzoids in the afternoon. They had well over a thousand people. I never saw such a large crowd there. And the energy era. Energy is the first word I thought of. It was people stayed from beginning to end. They couldn't fit all the people in. But it was real energy, real, real Guys, concentrated energy. Our time is up. Thank you, Craig Eaton. Thank you, Governor Pataki, Congressman uh, uh, Peter King. Judge Richard Weinberg, Lydia Serrani, my sidekick, and uh, this is John Katsimatidis. God bless all New Yorkers. We need God's prayers, and uh, God bless America. And right now, God bless the people of the Ukraine. Amen. 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 Amen.